0: Well good morning everybody and welcome. Welcome to Essex Church where this, our gathered community of Kensington Unitarians, meets each Sunday throughout the year, as well as on other days of the week for all sorts of other activities. But Sundays are special and this is the first Sunday of 2014. And it means something, I think, that we've chosen to be here. Our presence here is a sign of our commitment and for each of us that may be a very different sort of commitment you might ask yourself that very question why exactly am I here this morning and if you're one of a growing band of podcast listeners listening to a recording of this service at some time in the future date you too might ask why am I listening to this now Because listening to or taking part in a Unitarian service such as this won't earn you a place in heaven, and we aren't offering to save your soul. But what we do offer is a chance to go deeper, to reflect on some of life's key issues, a space perhaps to be honest with ourselves and to know that we're not alone on this journey of life. I hope that we all feel able to bring all of ourselves to a time such as this. We don't have to leave our difficulties or uncertainties or woundedness at the door. This is a time and a place for the whole of us to be here, together, in community, one with another, aligning ourselves once more with that which we hold to be of worth, that which we hold to be divine, the God of our hearts, the love that can guide us, the passion that inspires us. Let's connect with that which is of ultimate value to us in silence for a moment as I light our chalice flame. This flame connects us with Unitarian individuals and communities all around the world and reminds us that as this flame burns freely, so too must we value our freedom to worship as we choose. May such a freedom be a reality for more people around the world in the year ahead. Now if you look at the back of this purple hymn book... The notes cease, and there are some words for worship. If you actually look at the page number 440, um, it will possibly be on the big printed um, version as well. Um, And we're looking at the words for 240... These are beautiful Sanskrit um, words that are translated from Sanskrit called look to this day. And I'm going to invite us to say these words in unison together. Look to this day, for it is life, the very life of life. In its brief course lie all the verities and realities of your existence the bliss of growth, the glory of action, the splendour of beauty. For yesterday is but a dream and tomorrow is only a vision. But today well lived makes every yesterday a dream of happiness and every tomorrow a vision of hope. Look well, therefore, to this day the only time we truly have today. As I call on the spirit of life and love to be with us now and to bless all that we do and say together here today. A new year can be a time of reflection, of looking back and looking forwards. It can also be a time for accepting Accepting who we are. Accepting the situations in which we find ourselves. And knowing that we can truly only know the truth of who we are and then do the best to express that to others. As we look back over the past year and as we reflect upon the the really great demands that have been placed upon some people in this community as well, of course, as in our wider world. Yet can each of us now perhaps find something in the year that has gone for which we are grateful? Some learning, perhaps, some, some source of joy? Let us seek a well of gratitude within us. And as we consider the unknown year ahead that calls to us now, may each of us in this year find ways to step out of the accustomed ruts in our thinking and our being. For our settled ways that bring us comfort may also hold us back or hold us down In a moment of stillness now, let's each of us think of some ways in which we might step out into the unknown in our ways of being in the year ahead. How might you choose to be different? What changes might be beckoning to each of us? And may each of us be granted a stronger sense of who we are and what it is that we can offer this world. And in this year ahead, let us not live just for ourselves alone, but have the greater good of all as a guiding principle in our lives. Amen. some brief thoughts and a poem (coughs) on being who we are, epiphany and a wise camel. Mm -hmm. Part of my um, voluntary work as a Unitarian involves serving on our interview panel. I've just come back from two days of interviewing potential candidates for training as Unitarian ministers. And at the start of the whole process, we ask um, candidates to be themselves And even as I said that this year, and I say it every year, I had that underlying thought that if I was truly being myself at that moment, I would be hiding under the great conference table that we were all sitting around, and I would be shivering with anxiety. Truly being ourselves is a lifetime's work, I reckon, of identity forming, of holding on and letting go. And perhaps if we're lucky starting to catch glimpses just from time to time of who we truly are, when all the pretense drops away and we can just be in all our glory and in all our fragility. And these are the moments, I think, when we realise that there's no point in comparing ourselves with others because we're all completely different, unique beings. David Ariel writes about this from the Jewish perspective. He writes that each human being has a vocation in life and a specific and unique calling. There is a Jewish teaching, he writes, which explains that the world needs each and every human being because every person has the mission to make something perfect in this world. That mission is unique to the individual who must fulfil his or her own personal destiny. Before his death, it said, Rabbi Sousa apparently said, in the next world, they'll not ask me, why were you not Moses? They will ask me, why were you not Sousa? Why were you not yourself? Our task here on earth, then, is to be who we truly are. And isn't that easier said than done? Tomorrow, the 6th of January, marks the Feast of Epiphany, which originated within the Christian Orthodox tradition. This day celebrates the visit of the Magi, the wise men, to the infant Jesus. The underlying messages of this festival are deep and complex. They tell of God coming to earth, to humanity and to all peoples of the world. In modern usage, Epiphany can mean a sudden realisation of depth and meaning. Now in the Gospel stories of the journey of the Magi, we hear about the star, but actually we're never told how many of those Magi there were following that star. And later traditions specify that there were three of them because three gifts are mentioned. But in this delightful reading that we're going to hear now, poet John Hegley tells us of the fourth wise man and his gift of straw and the different star that they ended up following. And it's all told from the perspective of his long-suffering camel. That's Anthony.
1: (laughs) Typecast again. The Wise Camel by John Hegley. I'm the beast that bore wise man number four. We're the ones who went north when the others went west. We followed not the star of David, but the star of Steve. My rider wasn't sure that his gift was as good as the other three. I sometimes wonder if we got lost on purpose. Myself, I thought, we brought the best gifts, actually. The gifts of straw, the gift of warmth. Warmth for the manger. But because he wasn't sure his gift was good enough, he kept adding straw after straw, It was the last one that did it. So I'm on the wrong track with a busted back. But luckily we found this town with a really good vet and in the end had a pleasant, rather quiet Christmas.
0: And thank you to Jane for bringing that delightful poem to my attention. If you turn over that that green sheet, um, you'll find our next reading, which is called What to Remember When Waking. I don't know about you, but sometimes I find it quite hard to hear poetry when I hear it for the first time. So you suit yourselves if you want to read it or just to listen. It's called What to Remember When Waking by David White. In that first, hardly noticed moment in which you wake... Coming back to this life, from the other, more secret, movable and frighteningly honest world where everything began, there is a small opening into the new day which closes the moment you begin your plans. What you can plan is too small for you to live. What you can live wholeheartedly will make plans enough for the vitality hidden in your sleep. To be human is to become visible while carrying what is hidden as a gift to others. To remember the other world in this world is to live in your true inheritance. You are not a troubled guest on this earth. You are not an accident amidst other accidents. You were invited from another and greater night than the one from which you have just emerged. Now. Looking through the slanting light of the morning window Toward the mountain presence of everything that can be What urgency calls you to your one love? What shape waits in the seed of you To grow and spread its branches against a future sky? Is it waiting in the fertile sea? In the trees beyond the house? In the life you can imagine for yourself, in the open and lovely white page on the writing desk. How do you make decisions in life? It's one of those questions which can bring out some really varied answers from different people, I'd love to hear some of your answers over a cup of tea later. Because decision-making is a crucial part of being human. It's a sign of our independence, of our free will. It's also a sign of our relatively um, relative economic well-being, isn't it? Because decision-making for most of human history, and for many people of the world today still, is limited considerably by financial concerns and also by cultural constraints. There are many people in this world who have very little choice whatsoever. But we, even we who enjoy, I think, exercising our free wills, perhaps even we sometimes get glimpses of that reality that our choosing is limited or shaped by many factors not all of which are in our conscious awareness. How often have I heard somebody say or said myself, oh, I couldn't do that, when friends perhaps are encouraging us to take a different or a a new and perhaps more challenging path rather than stay in those ruts that most of our lives run along. And how haven't most of us had a sense at times that We're holding ourselves back in life in some way. I'm going to quote some words from Marianne Williamson, which have become incredibly popular in in New Age circles. Um, And I think it's because it speaks to something quite deep in us. She wrote, Our deepest fear is not that we are inadequate. Our deepest fear is that we are powerful beyond all measure. It is our light, not our darkness, that most frightens us. We ask ourselves, who am I to be brilliant, gorgeous, talented, fabulous? Actually, who are you not to be? You are a child of God, and your playing small does not serve the world. There's more to that quotation, and if you've not met it before, do do ask me for a copy of it. Um, I don't know if many of you use the word ego to describe the you of your everyday identity, Psychologists will tell us that you need an ego. If you haven't got one, you've got problems. Because it's through that that we individuate. We become separate beings with individual lives to live beyond our families of origin. But if we stay too strongly identified with our ego, we can start to think, as I certainly do at times until the roof leaks, we start to think that we run the show, that we are in charge and that the strength of our will alone can actually make things happen. And of course, sometimes it can, can't it? But for a deeper spiritual awareness, we need to go further, I think, to a place where actually we're not as separate as we thought. We can develop then a sense of being part of something greater and then of not actually being quite as in charge as we thought we were. And perhaps then at that level, choosing becomes less important because we know, well, it doesn't matter anyway, that there's perhaps no one path for us to take, but rather an infinite potential. And all we have to do is set out on a path, set out on the journey that actually has no path, and live life now, this day, this day being all that we have, indeed this moment. This is the place, I think, where a sense of calling starts to mean something, where we are a tiny, unique part of the whole, in the flow of existence with something uniquely ours to bring to this world. I've heard decision-making then described, not as a choosing in our heads, but as a being guided by our hearts. And I suspect we've all known this at some moments in our lives, when something or someone appears and you just know that that is right for you. It's a wonderful gift, and it's one that perhaps we can encourage by being open to inner guidance, by gently reminding our ego that it cannot run the show, by allowing ourselves enough space in life for the new to emerge and to be recognized. This is the mystical element that we, I think, all have different words to describe. You might hear it described as your true self, a higher power, our soul, our God. In order to make space for the new, I think we need to let go. And so I'm inviting you now, if you wish, to take part in a simple ritual of letting go. We're going to be having some music playing and I'm going to suggest that you choose a leaf. Here's one I worked with earlier. This is my leaf of letting go. And the idea is that you may want to write on this, or, although I have to warn you that it does become messy and have got some felt the back, but it does work to write on it. Or it also works simply to sit and contemplate what it is you are putting into this leaf. And then letting go from the year that's been, from old ways of being, and then finding a way to crush them. You might wish to crush yours into this bowl, or there is a cold beer at the back there. If you like to have your beer burnt, or you may want to add a gum and let it blow I do enjoy this ritual of letting go. John O'Donohue writes a blessing for our new beginnings. Awaken your spirit to adventure. Hold nothing back. Learn to find ease in risk. Soon you will be home in a new rhythm. For your soul senses the world that awaits you. Words by John O'Donohue. And so, may the adventures of the year ahead Help us to know and to love and to accept ourselves and each other and our world as we all are. May we discern the best ways to make a difference and be granted a calling that shows us the path of our hearts. Amen. Go well and blessed be.